Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be getting into a new book, the introduction and chapter one of teaching, Teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives. So I'll read the introduction and, uh, and chapter one today, and then I'll uh, split these up into chapters. Each of these podcasts will be in chapters. Within a few minutes of starting to read this no-named authored book, the author himself emailed it to me at the same time I had begun reading it. He is an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so I won't share his name. So the guy who compiled this book, he didn't he didn't want to lose his membership, but basically what he did was he compiled quotes from the Old and New Testament, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, uh, church leaders and scholars, all the way up to Bruce R. McConkie, Neil A. Maxwell, Dallin H. Oaks, um, Truman G. Matson, Hugh Nibley. I mean, he's got quotes from lots of different people, and it is a pretty long book. I think it's like well, I can't remember, 300 and something pages. Um, but I think a lot of that is just appendix. So anyway, continuing on. Some things to consider dedicated to Jan, Tom, Zona, and Professor Hugh Nibley. Revised edition 2004. This document may be copied in their own words from the scriptures and teachings and writings of the prophets, apostles, and LDS scholars. And then he gives a quote here. They will not search knowledge nor understand great knowledge when it is given unto them in plainness, even as plain as word can be. Second Nephi chapter 32, verse 7. And then Joseph Smith here. When things that are of greatest importance are passed over by weak-minded men without even a thought, Then I want to see truth in all its bearing and hug it to my bosom. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 373. The things of God are of deepest import and time, and experience and careful and ponderous and solemn thought can only find them out. Thy mind, O man, if thou wilt lead a soul into salvation must stretch as high as the utmost heavens and search into and contemplate the darkest abyss and the broad, the broad expanse of eternity. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 137. Introduction. The odyssey that brought me to the point in my life of publishing this collection of teachings regarding eternal lives began on a bright, warm summer's morn in June of 1969 when I first discovered some of these concepts which eventually led me, led to a concrete, uh, I'm sorry, a concerted effort on my part to study the teachings of the prophets and apostles and the history of the LDS Church. During my ongoing search for truth and knowledge, I have read from the journals biographies, histories, teachings of every man who has ever served in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles 
or in the first presidency of the church in these latter days, so far as the materials have been available. Having poured through many hundreds of such volumes, I have come to know as intimately as possible from reading the men who shoulder the mantle of apostleship and first presidency and the doctrines which they espouse, and from my readings, I have discovered a lost and mostly forgotten world of many surprisingly beautiful and wondrous teachings and doctrines with respect to the plainness of the plan of happiness that we seldom teach any longer. During the many years that I have been reading and studying and researching, I have often had a startling had startling experiences where I've read from the teachings of the prophets and apostles significant passages of revelatory insight regarding more subtle elements of the plan of salvation which have left me breathless and after many years of such research I have collected these mostly forgotten teachings together into a single document and I have decided to publish this collection of teachings of the prophets and apostles so that those who are seeking these things which have been taught in the latter days might find them. This document is being published anonymously because I do not have a personal agenda with regard to these things, nor am I seeking any recognition for this work. In fact, I want nothing more than to continue to live my unassuming life as in anonymity. I am only quoting directly from the prophets, apostles, LDS scholars, and Mormon historians, and a very few close associates of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young who have addressed these topics, and I am not trying to teach or promote anything that has not been taught publicly by the men who have been called of God in these last days to lead his church. I am not a prophet, nor do I claim any special revelatory a revelation for anyone or for the church. That right is strictly reserved for God's mouthpiece on the earth, his living prophets, whom I fully sustain. I'm just a very simple man who has found some remarkable things from the collective documentary history of the LDS people. As you will see from this document, some of the brethren have had conflicting points of views on various associated topics, and that is fine. I've simply collected what they've had to say about the topic that coincides with the concept of eternal lives, and you can draw your own conclusions. By This by no means is a comprehensive collection of every pertinent thing that has ever been said concerning the related topics. Please just keep in your mind Keep in mind as you read that this document is primarily focused on the doctrine of eternal lives and the highly related issues as I perceive them, and that this document is not intended to be anything more than simply a collection of specific teachings of the Latter-day Prophets and Apostles, including the related commentary from trusted associates of the Prophets, from the community of scholars and historians 
relating to the doctrines of eternal lives and the possibilities entailed in the ideas and understanding which the brethren have advocated. This is a wondrous doctrine that is seldom discussed in the church these days. Thus the lack of many recent comments from the brethren in the last 40 years or so. Having said that, there is, of course, more material from earlier time periods in the church's history that could have been included in this work. In fact, uh, 635 pages of material were originally compiled for this project, but most of the additional material was simply repetitive in nature and nothing that is considered to be significant or unique has been left out. I've tried to present a fair representation of the beliefs of the various brethren as they expound their diverse points of view. Some of the men who discussed these sacred things were obviously blessed with exceptional insight into the inner workings of the plan of salvation for God's children. And they left their testimony testimonies with regard to these things as part of the record of their ministries. If you read carefully, you'll be astonished at the surprising number of spiritual gems that have been right here in front of all of us, but perhaps which we fail to read from the vantage point of understanding what the prophets and apostles may have been trying to teach us concerning the possibilities within the concept of eternal lives. Furthermore, you may be startled by the number of statements often given by the authority and power of the apostolic or prophetic testimonies as the absolute truthfulness of the doctrines that they were teaching. I've invited a special friend who is no stranger to these things to write an an anonymous forward to these collections of teachings, and I want to thank my friend for the interest and help with this endeavor. Over the course of the past 33 years of my seeking to find these additional truths, I have bumped into many others from the LDS faith who are themselves seeking the answers to greater mysteries of our eternal existence, not yet revealed by God to the church as a whole, but which he does reveal to many of his children individually from time to time. To whom he grants this privilege of seeking and knowing for themselves. Um, That's a quote from Doctrine and Covenants, section 76, verse 117. To whom, whom he grants this privilege of seeing and knowing for themselves. Anyway, to all of those who have had such an insightful influence on my life, through though anonymously, I offer my thanks and hope for this collection of the teachings of the prophets and apostles. <clears throat> and then he gives this quote. Here. Well, I think it's a quote. He's got the... Anyway, in their own words will be of greater value to those who are searching for these precious doctrines of truth which have been revealed. If this document is of any help to you in your personal journey for of searching,
for truth, then it has been worth all of the effort and sacrifice it, its creation has required. Perhaps this forum will serve as a springboard for further dialogue within the LDS community with reference to the doctrine of eternal lives. In the final assessment of this editor, these words of the prophets and apostles uncover and reveal a gospel message that is more compassionate, more forgiving, more tolerant, more charitable, more ennobling, more uplifting, more inspiring, more merciful, and all-inclusive. A message that rings with eternal hope, a hope for everyone that eventually, through the process of time and the experience of eternal lives, that all of God's children will part partake equally the intended eternal blessings for which we exist and the blessings which the atonement of Jesus Christ anticipated. Editorial note. When the statements from the brethren were first collected for my own personal use, each passage was placed in quotation marks. Later, when the numerous statements from the scholars were added to the original collection, they were not placed in quote marks due to the enormity of that effort. The same format has been followed here. Furthermore, for my personal use, I bolded all of the passages that were of greatest personal significance to the study, and I've decided to retain that format in the published version. You may be stunned by the difference of interpretation of certain passages when you play, pay close attention to the bolded, bolded selections. And that is the editor, uh, July of 2002. Introduction to the 2004 revised edition. In August 2001, I began compiling the content for this project, I was quite sure that I had discovered all of the applicable material from relevant LDS sources, and yet, as I've continued my studies, I found numerous additional unique and significant statements that warrant inclusion of this in this collection. I've, I've added 20 pages of supplementary material and expanded on prior understanding and insight. If I have one regret, it is that Hugh Nibley's final work has not yet been published because it no doubt will contain analogous analogous and discerning information that will complement and extend our knowledge of the subject of extent our extend our knowledge of the subject matter contained in this collection, the reader should note that the tremendous influence of Hugh Nibley over this project, although vicariously, so to speak, and without his direct involvement in its creation. The title of his last great work, One Eternal Round, speaks to the heart of the doctrine of eternal lives, and his revised edition is dedicated and this revised edition is dedicated in part to the greatest scholar among the Latter-day Saints, which I assume would be Hugh Nibley. The editor, 
July 2004 forward treasure I'm sorry forward treasure these things up in your hearts and let the solemnities of eternal rest upon your of eternity rest upon your mind doctrine and covenants section 43 verse 34 and then in the doctrine and covenants it also says canst thou read this without rejoicing and lift up thy heart for gladness doctrine and covenants 19 Verse 39. Who are we? Why are we here? What is our destiny? These are the profound questions addressed in this collection of inspired thoughts of leaders, teachers, and prophets of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and accompanying scriptures. These writings reveal our probationary experience as as the path of becoming which path does not end at death, nor with the assignment of a particular post-mortal glory, but continues as we progress progress from one degree to another. In what should point the thoughtful mind to serious consideration? This continual progression is considered as taking place in the context of our own earth, The ideas here are not new. However, they temper contemporary Mormon culture with interpretations imposed on our spiritual cosmology. That our eternal destiny is utterly dependent on our succession in this one probationary experience. And that failure to successfully overcome our trials in this lifetime suggests an eternal and fatal deficiency of spiritual character. What light is shed by this collection? We and all men and women are experiencing the experiencing the deity within us. Brigham Young, page 45. What will motivate us to grow forever in grace and truth? Indeed, we are conducted along with this probation probation two other probations and he says he received Kimball page 48 but like I don't know what book he's quoting from so whatever and if there was a point where man in his progression could not proceed any further the very idea would throw a gloom over every intelligent and reflecting mind Wilford Woodruff These ideas illustrate the legitimacy of our faith in others and in God, whose plan plan of happiness demonstrates such faith in us. Our patience is likewise justified as we allow others around us to experience God's plan of happiness and his faith in them. Although we never stop teaching and encouraging we may set aside feelings of desperation which might lead us to coerce others based on the assumption that mistakes made here may mean their place at the table in heaven will be eternally empty. As we receive grace for grace and as we progress and understand, we reach to those around us and offer them encouragement and understanding. Jesus Christ performed this role for us 
and the salvation of this world, and he is our example. Quote, Thus the children of men will be continually exalted or drawn up towards God through the principles of repentance. George Q. Cannon This is truly the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ restored in its fullness in the latter days. Oh, let's see here. And then in July of 2022, he writes this. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. Ephesians chapter chapter 3, verse 9. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. And then this is the beginning of chapter 1. So each of these podcasts will be just basically a chapter at a time. Excuse me, if it's a short chapter, it'll be a short podcast. If it's a longer chapter, there might be multiple podcasts that cover one chapter. So chapter 1, Mysteries, David, King of Israel. Okay, chapter one, uh, just a little side note. So, as many of you know, I drive a semi-truck from the Una Basin near Roosevelt, Utah, to uh, Castle Country, which is uh, around Price, Utah. And uh, this winter has been extremely hard. Uh, I saw one news report about a month ago saying that uh, snowpack this year was already in at 180% of normal. And that made about six weeks of driving over that pass, which the pass is called Indian on Highway 191. And it goes up to 9,114 feet. And... um, The storms are over with for now. I think there's another one coming up here shortly. But um, because of a storm last week, I wasn't able to get to work until about noon. So my shift has been running between about noon to 2. And then it stretched out from 2 to 4 a.m., 2 p.m. to 4 a.m. And... um, One night, it was 17 below zero. And then another night, it was 12 below zero. And then uh, I think Vernal, Utah, one day the high temperature for Vernal during the day was four degrees. So um, the pain... The cold has been painful, and it's given me a bit of a cold. Um, I always have a nasal problem when it gets really cold, but now I'm, like, congested, like, even worse than normal. So uh, I have to pause this podcast a lot in order to read these things, but I'm trying to be committed. So even though I am uh, sick, 
Um, I'm going to continue to try to get this chapter out there. So this is chapter one. And the chapter title is Mysteries. And it starts off with David, King of Israel. The secret of the Lord or of Jehovah is with them that fear him. And he showeth them his covenant. Psalms chapter 25 verse 14. The Apostle Matthew in the book of Matthew. Let's see here. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. And that was actually Jesus Christ, but that's in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 11. Joseph Smith stated, I advise all to go on to perfection and seek deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness. And that's in the words of Joseph Smith, page 366. If we have any more any claim on our Heavenly Father for anything, it is for knowledge on this important subject. Could we read and comprehend all that has been written from the days of Adam on the relation of man to God and angels in a future state? We should know very little about it. Reading the experiences of others or the revelation given to them can never give us a comprehensive view on our condition and true true relationship or relation to God. Knowledge of these things can only be obtained by experience through the ordinances of God's set forth. Ordinances God of God set forth for that purpose. Could you gaze into heaven five minutes? You would know more than you would by reading all that has ever been written on the subject. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 324. Joseph Smith also stated, It has always been my province to dig up hidden mysteries, new things for my hearers. The words of Joseph Smith, page 366. For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old, as well as in times of old as in times to come. Wherefore, the course of the Lord is one eternal round. 1 Nephi chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, great and marvelous are the works, the works of the Lord. How unsearchable are the depths of the mysteries of him. And it is impossible that man should find out all his ways. No man knoweth of his ways, save it be revealed unto him. Wherefore, brethren, despise not the revelations of God. Jacob in the Book of Mormon, chapter 4, verse 8. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom, and behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you, and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich. Doctrine and Covenants, section 6. Verse 7. 
And if thou wilt inquire, thou shalt know mysteries which are great and marvelous. Therefore thou shalt exercise thy gift, that thou mayest find out mysteries, that thou mayest bring many to the knowledge of the truth, yea, convince them of their error of the convince them of the error of their ways doctrine and covenant section 6 verse 11 one of the grand fundamental principles of mormonism is to receive truth let it come from whence it may teachings of the prophet joseph smith page 313 the great thing for us to, to know is to comprehend what God did what God did institute before the foundation of the world. Who knows it? Had I inspiration, revelation, and lungs to communicate what my soul has contemplated in times past, there is not a soul in this congregation but would go to their homes and shut their mouths in everlasting silence on religion till they had learned something? Why be so certain that you comprehend the things of God when all things with you are so uncertain? You are welcome to all the knowledge and intelligence I can impart to you. And that was Joseph Smith, History of the Church, Volume 5, pages 530 and 531. Therefore, if you will ask of me, you shall receive. And if you knock, it shall be opened unto you. Now, as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of of Zion. Seek not for the riches, but for the wisdom, and behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you, and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich. DNC section 11, verses 5 through 7. Ask that you may know the mysteries of God, and that you may translate and receive knowledge from all those ancient records which have been hidden up, that are sacred, and according to your faith shall it be done unto you. Doctrine and Covenants, section 8, verse 11. If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal. DNC section 42, verse 61. But unto him that keepeth my commandments will I give the mysteries of my kingdom, and the same shall be in him a well of living water springing up unto everlasting life. Doctrine and Covenants, section 63, verse 23. And to them that, and to them will I reveal all mysteries, yea, all the hidden mysteries of my kingdom, 
from days of old and for ages to come. I will make known unto them the good, the good pleasure of my will concerning all things pertaining to my... So my wife called me. Luckily, I had the phone on vibrate. I usually put it on airplane mode when um, I'm recording because I just use my iPhone to record these things. But I was in the middle of this quote, so I'm just going to read what's on the page. Unto them, the good pleasure of my will concerning all things pertaining to my kingdom, yea, even the wonders of eternity shall they know, and things to come will I show them, even the things of many generations. And their wisdom shall be great, and their understanding reach to the heaven. And before them the wisdom of the wise shall perish, and the understanding of the prudent shall be shall come to naught. For by my spirit will I enlighten them, and by my power will I make known unto them the secrets of my will, yea, even those things which I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor yet entered into the heart of man. Doctrine and Covenants, section 76, verses 7 through 10. So, I know I'm not adding a lot of commentary, but this one just made me think of the stake president that excommunicated me. He said that the experiences that I've had and the things that I know, only the prophet of the church can know. But this Doctrine and Covenants, section 76, isn't spoken to the prophet or president of a church. It's speaking to us as individuals. And if God chooses to reveal unto us great mysteries and deep things because of our diligence in seeking him out or serving him, then that's his prerogative. And that stake president was wrong to make the assertion that that I was a bold-faced liar and that the only person on the earth who could know the things that I know was the president of the church or experience the things that I've experienced. Now, as I've said before, my patriarchal blessing says that I have been given, not that I would, but I already have been given the gift of eternal life. I received that in 1997, and in 2003, I knelt before the Father, and he sealed me up unto himself and unto eternal life. And that was something that, when I asked God, how is it possible that that I have these things done. He said it's not because of who you are in this life, it's because of who you were before you came here. Of course, in 2013, he finally revealed to me who I was before I came here, which thing I couldn't hardly believe, except for that he himself showed it to me. He took me up in the spirit and he showed me what happened. I saw the rebellion of Lucifer before he became Satan. I saw the counsel of the mighty and strong ones. I saw that I was chosen from the counsel of mighty and strong ones to take the place of Lucifer when he fell. Um, you know, I all these things I've been shown, and I wasn't shown them because I was asking for them. I told God if he would show me the truth before I met the missionaries, if he would show me the truth and heal me, I would serve him for the rest of my life. And that's what I tried to do. 
And after I knew the truth, in order to serve him, I had to learn. So I began to study and to learn and to be a missionary and to do whatever God asked me to do. And I just studied a lot. And I would have questions from time to time and I would ask and and God would reveal things to me or he would inspire me to look in a certain place and I would read quotes from other leaders of the church, especially Joseph Smith, but others too. And I learned how to get confirmation of the spirit um, through a trial of fire. Basically, I learned how to receive revelation, which was difficult because Satan can speak to your mind as well. And for a while there, he would send me tons and tons of revelation and it was all from Satan. And I would have to be like, how do I know the difference? And I learned how to determine the difference between a good revelation and a bad one, you know, and um, how to get confirmation of the spirit and how when I asked God certain things and I told him what I believed to realize that the spirit had left me and that what I believed and what I was telling God was wrong because the spirit won't testify to a lie and then I would back away from it and I would ask God for inspiration and revelation to understand certain things and I would continue to do that until I got an answer sometimes that answer sometimes the answer to specific questions wouldn't come for years but I would continue to study it out and to ask and eventually God would give me things and this Doctrine and Covenant section 76 kind of speaks to those things like God wants all of us to know his mysteries but he's not going to just give it to us haphazardly that as we learn and grow we can know the things of God and that doesn't require some office in some church God is no respecter of persons yeah he does put certain people up in certain authoritative positions like Peter in the New Testament he gave him the keys to bind and to seal to loose and all of that stuff you know and he was the leader of the church and then Jacob or Yehov who we call James the brother of Jesus eventually he was the leader in the church but God wants to have a personal relationship with the, with us a one on one relationship with us and it doesn't require anything but a broken heart a contrite spirit and the ability to study, to ask questions, to receive revelation, and to learn how to get confirmation of the Spirit, or recognize when the Spirit's withdrawn from us. And that as we work on these spiritual muscles, we'll begin to have greater spiritual gifts given to us. Like, we'll receive 
inspiration and revelation eventually will have dreams and visions and then and then eventually it's face to face as we learn and we grow and this might be a process of a lifetime and it may extend into the eternities but as we learn and grow God will reveal things to us anyway we're at 74% and I don't have the page numbers on this copy so I don't know what page we're on but but great and marvelous are the works of the Lord in the mysteries of his kingdom which he showed unto us which surpasseth all understanding and glory and in might and in dom- dominion which he commanded us we should not write while while we are yet in the spirit and are not lawful for men to utter neither is man capable to make them known for they are only to be seen and understood by the power of the Holy Spirit which God bestows on those who love him and purify themselves before him to gr- to whom he grants this privilege of seeing and knowing for themselves doctrine and covenants section 76 verses 114 and 117 the power and authority of higher or Melchizedek priesthood is to hold the keys of all of the spiritual blessings of the church, to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of God, I'm sorry, mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them and to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn. To enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. And that's DNC section 107 verses 18 and 19. It is given unto many to know the mysteries of God. Nevertheless, they are laid under strict a strict command that they shall not impart only according to that portion of to the portion of his word which he doth grant unto the children of men according to the heed and diligence which they give unto him and therefore he will harden his heart the same receiveth the lesser portion of the lesser portion of the word and he that will not harden his heart to him is given to him is given the greater portion of the word until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God until he knoweth them in full Sorry, I'm, I actually have a fever right now, so I'm just trying to struggle through this. But we're at 81%, so I think we'll be able to get through it. 
And they that will harden their hearts, to them is given the lesser portion of the word until they know nothing concerning his mysteries. Alma chapter 12, verse 6. And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel and holdeth the keys of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verse 19. How vain and trifling have been our spirits, our conferences, our councils, our meetings, our private as well as public conversations. Too low, too too mean, too vulgar, too condescending for the dignified characters of the called and chosen of God according to the purposes of his will from before the foundation of the world. We are called to hold the keys of the mysteries of those things that have been kept hid from from the foundation of the world until now. Some have tasted a little of these things, many which many of which are to be poured down upon uh, down from heaven upon the heads of babes, yea, upon the weak, obscure, and despised ones of the earth. Therefore we beseech of you, brethren, that you bear with those who do not feel themselves more worthy than you, while we exhort one another to a reformation with one and all. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 137, also History of the Church, volume 3, page 296. Come unto me, O ye Gentiles, and I will show unto you the greater things, the knowledge which hath, which is hid up because of the of unbelief. Come unto me, O ye house of Israel, and it shall be made manifest unto you how great things the Father hath laid up for you from the foundation of the world, and it hath not come unto you because of unbelief. And I'm sorry, and it hath not come unto you because of unbelief. Behold, when ye shall rend that veil of unbelief, which doth cause you to remain in your awful state of wickedness and the hardness of your and hardness of heart and blindness of faith then shall the great and marvelous thing which hath been hid up from the foundation of the world from you yea when ye shall call upon the father in my name with a broken heart and a contrite spirit then shall ye know that the father hath remembered the covenant which he made unto your fathers, O house of Israel. And then shall my revelations, which I have, which I have caused to be written by my servant John, 
be unfolded in the eyes of all. Uh, unfolded in the eyes of all people. Ether chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. Oh man, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time. So, I got off work yesterday about 4 in the morning. And I got home. And I slept till about 10. Then I was up for a couple hours. And then I fell back asleep. And then I was up for a couple of hours in the evening. And I fell back asleep. Because like... These 14-hour days are really, really hard on my body. And um, it usually takes me two days to recover, two or three days to recover. I have four days on, and then I take four days off. And I think I only had 13 hours left on my logbook. So that would have been 57 hours that I worked in four days. I don't know. It was a lot. Anyway, um, I'm going to take a little break, but to you it'll be but a a second. Um, And then I'll get back to this reading. We're at like 89%, so I'm pretty close, but I got to walk around for a little bit. So, And that's probably why I do podcasts now, because I don't think I could do this live stuff like I used to do. Not with my work schedule. So, all right, we'll be right back. Hiram Smith, the mysteries of God are not given to all men, and unto those to whom they are given, they are placed under restriction to impart only such as God will command them, and let the mysteries alone until by and by. Times and Seasons, Volume 5, page five, uh, 474. Brigham Young said, You often hear people desiring more of the knowledge of God, more of the wisdom of God, more of the power of God. They want more revelation. To know more about the kingdom of heaven, in heaven, and on the earth, and they wish to learn and increase. There is one principle that I wish the people would understand and lay to heart. Just as fast as you will prove before your God that you are worthy to receive the mysteries, if you please to call them so, of the kingdom of heaven, that you are full of confidence in God, that you will never betray a thing that God tells you, that you will never reveal to your neighbor that which ought not to be revealed, as quick as you prepare to be entrusted with the things of God, there is an eternity of them to bestow upon you. Instead of pleading with the Lord to bestow more upon you, plead with yourself to have confidence in yourself, to have integrity in yourself, and to know and know when to speak and what to speak, what to reveal, and how to carry yourself and walk before the Lord. And just as fast as you prove to him that you will pre- preserve everything secret, that ought to be, that you will deal out to your neighbor all which you ought and no more, and learn how to dispense your knowledge to your family, friends, neighbors, and brethren. 
and the Lord will bestow upon you and give to you and bestow upon you until you finally will say, he will say to you, you shall never fail. Your salvation is sealed unto you. You are sealed up unto eternal life and salvation through your integrity. I say this, that you may learn to reveal that which you ought and to keep the rest to yourself. By so doing, you prove to God that you are his friends and will keep his secrets. The world may howl around you and plead for the secrets of the Lord, which he has given you, but they will not get them. When the Lord has proved his children true to what he has given unto their, unto their charge, and that they will do so bidding, they will do his bidding, he will tell such persons anything that they should know. Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 371 and 372. Real quick, I just have to say something about that. So remember in the Book of Mormon when Nephi was shown all of these things, but he was told that it was for John who had not yet been born. It was for him to reveal it and that he wasn't allowed to go into the things that he saw because it was foreordained for another individual who had not yet come into mortality to reveal those things. Um, I think it's the same thing with some of these deeper mysteries. Joseph Smith was meant to reveal so much, um, but I don't think that he was meant to reveal all um, I've been told many things that Joseph Smith, I don't, he kind of alluded to some of the stuff that God has shown me, but it was shown to me in greater detail. Or maybe Joseph Smith saw all the things that I've seen, but it was only given to him to impart to us a partial knowledge of what the things that God gave him because it was for me to give. Because when God revealed all these things to me many, many years ago. I kept a lot of the stuff secret up until 2013 when he revealed to me who I am and why I was called and chosen. And he told me to be bold with my witness and to teach the people. And so he's given me full reign to, to divulge these things unto all that will hear them. Um, and I think that Brigham Young was, uh, I don't know if he was given anything at all, really. I think that a lot of what he was given was given to him by Joseph Smith, but I don't think he understood it fully. In fact, when I'm reading the Journal of Discourses and some of the stuff he's he's contemplating about over the pulpit, like he gets things wrong, but... I think that in a learning process, we all get things wrong because there's been things that I understand now that I didn't understand 10 years ago or even five years ago. And it's a learning process that God gives us a little bit and we kind of try to figure it out. But I think that's just the way it is for people in mortality, even the great prophets, um, that, that they will try to figure things out and try to understand things that it takes time to understand. And that's why we ponder and have time of meditation and quiet where we can just think about things. And like 
me being a truck driver over the road, especially when I was single, like I had a lot, and I even now have a lot of time to think about things in the quiet of the truck when I'm just driving and, you know, I'm staying on the road or whatever and I'm paying attention to traffic, but I'm thinking and I'm praying and I'm, I'm just pondering over the things that God is has spoken in the scriptures or things he's told me because like even some of the revelations that God has given me personally especially the ones that he's asked me to write down like I won't understand them completely even though I've been given them and I've written them and as I look back at them things become more clear to me and I'm like wow I didn't even realize he was talking about that or that's a new concept that I didn't understand before. And like, even with things, like I said, even with the scripture that God has given to me, the revelations that God has given to me, as I read over them, I learn from them. So I don't know. Anyway, um, we're at 99%. So we're almost done with the reading for today. But here's another quote. Men can never search out the mysteries of godliness by the wisdom and learning of this world. And that comes from the Essentials of Brigham Young, page 180. And that is absolutely true. You will never logic you will never logic your way to God. You will not understand the things of God by turning to the logic and wisdom of man. You have to get it by inspiration and revelation and confirmation of the Holy Ghost. So, all right, well, chapter two, we'll be talking about Revelation, and I will put that one out next when I'm done with it. Thank you for listening to this program. Take care, everyone. God bless, and goodbye.